Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five and six-figure launches, tripled their income and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I've got an epic guest for you today. I am having a conversation with my incredible online business manager, Nevette Harrison, who is also the CEO and founder of The Virtual Chapter. This is such a good conversation. I really, my aim is that you'd get so much out of it because we're talking all things how we run our masterminds within Swift Ventures. Niv has been my online business manager for coming on four years now. And when she started in this business, she started a week before we ran our very first mastermind, SwiftMind, formerly known as the Swift Marketing Mastermind. Niv knows the behind the scenes. She has created the behind the scenes of essentially everything when it comes to these masterminds. And in this episode, she's going to detail exactly what we do when it comes to things like our onboarding process client experience, what she believes we do really well, what is so easy to miss and forget in the process. If you run any kind of group program or mastermind or have clients in any way, this is the episode for you. So enjoy this episode. Niv is so exceptional. And obviously, in addition to being my online business manager as the CEO of the virtual chapter, she has online business managers and virtual assistants working in some of the best, the biggest, the most amazing online businesses. I know you're going to love her just as much as I do if this is your first time meeting Niv. Enjoy this episode. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. And I have my incredible, incredible friend, right-hand woman, OBM, Nivek Harrison with us today. I know I've just gone ahead and interviewed uh, interviewed her. I've just gone ahead and introduced her just now in the intro. But I'm so excited that you're here. This is our second conversation and our first chat still like one of the fave episodes. Niv is not just my OBM, not that anyone is just an OBM, but we've obviously worked together for like coming on four years. And, you know, so with that said, you've been in Swift Ventures for the biggest, most important years and have played such a massive role 
um, in, you know, the business success. And I just, I credit so much of it to you being part of the business. And um, just for anyone that's listening that's newer here, that's the context of this conversation. And I think it's really important to set that up so that you know just how important Niv is to the business, the context of our relationship, and you'll hear that in the way that we talk. There's a, Niv knows what I'm thinking. When we were riffing on what we wanted this episode to look like, we knew that we wanted to have like a behind the scenes conversation because we haven't had one in a really long time. And so it was about time we we had one and we kind of riffed on a few different ideas. And then I know we came up to the point of going like, let's talk about the mastermind because obviously, or the masterminds, because Obviously, anyone who's listened to more than one episode, you will know that Swift Ventures is a mastermind model business. We obviously have other programs, but everything really centers around our three masterminds, Swift Mind, Six Figure Circle, and Swift Inner Circle. And we, with that, know a lot about masterminds. I would say, and if we've really learned together, I know that you know, when you started was a week before we launched Swift Mind for the first time, formally called Swift Mastermind. And I didn't know many people running a mastermind at the time. I think it was the first mastermind you'd been part of. And so we really learned together. And I think there was a real collective enthusiasm from both of us of like, we want to make this so amazing. And I think we've done a really great job of that. And feedback over the years, you know, consistently shows that we're doing a good job of that. And so I thought it would be really useful for us to talk more behind the scenes about like how you run a mastermind and how you run a great mastermind and all the things that go into it that no one is seeing on the front end. So let's just like start really big and then we can drill down into some of the detail and some of the practical pieces around running a mastermind. So first question for you, what would you say is most important both in terms of like the behind the scenes of launching a mastermind and be behind the scenes of running a mastermind. I think the first thing is being really, really clear on what you want your mastermind to look like. Because it's one of the things I really love about masterminds is there's no, this is how you run a mastermind. Like there's no guide. There's so many different ways that you can deliver for your clients within a mastermind structure There's so many different price points and the volume of people and all of the things. And so knowing exactly what you want your mastermind to look like is going to be the foundation for the way to launch it, the way to deliver it, how you need to onboard your clients, how many people you can serve. All of those sorts of things will come from that place. So I think starting there. And then the second piece is, yes, there's absolutely going to be a launch component. And I feel so often in the online space, that's where all our time and energy goes is into launching all of the things and getting sales and doing all the marketing piece. But at the end of the day, we want to get our clients results. That's the key driving factor behind everything. And that is very much the behind the scenes stuff. So planning and giving yourself time and space to set up all the back of house structures, figuring out what operations and delivery looks like so that when those people do come in, you're somewhat ready to go. We are never at a point where we are like 100% ready to go by the time doors open for any of our offers. We're always creating and figuring things out as we go, but at least knowing that those big foundational pieces is going to make it so much easier and so much more fun and so much more impactful for clients. 
Yeah, you're so right. It's true. We we obviously focus on the marketing side of things because it's that whole adage of like, you know, you don't have a business without sales. And so I know that you're not saying in any way to not focus on that, but it's to focus on the client customer experience as much as focusing on that. And I agree. I think that for a mastermind, that is something that has a lot of parts and pieces to it or just, you know, multiple parts and pieces, because you're considering different ways of learning, creating community, but also access to yourself. And in a great mastermind, you're looking at that whole experience being the word that you use there. And so with that in mind, you want it to be this like cohesive journey for your clients, for them to come into. And it's something I'm always thinking about. And I know that I'm probably annoying about because I always kind of responding from this place is I want our clients to feel really safe when they come in. Like there's an energy of if you go into a space and you feel held in that space, it's going to make you feel really safe and really stable and really regulated. And that's going to help you to thrive because you trust the container, you trust the person that's supporting you, and therefore everything just feels more seamless you you know for example if you're coming in and you're like oh my gosh is there a call that I don't know about or whatever it's going to feel really erratic and really chaotic I think it's especially true when you're looking at a really high ticket investment as well like if somebody is spending thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars to come into a program and they sign up and they pay their money and then there's almost like this radio silence that can be really nerve-wracking that can be like what have I just committed to is this the right thing for me versus you've just signed up and now you're set, whether that is you've signed up and you're starting immediately or you've signed up, you know, we sell from the wait list year round. We have people who will pay a deposit months in advance. What does that journey look like for them knowing that they're not starting in the program for a little while because that safety is really important to getting results? And I think also, you know, just for anyone that's listening, like we're not talking about anything huge. So for example, we have clients that sign up six months beforehand and we're not delivering anything except for an email that explicitly states when we'll be in touch and to thank them for being here and allowing us the space and time before we kick off to go ahead and ensure that we can bring in the most incredible other humans to be in the experience with them. So it's a very like simple, clean process. And so I think it's useful. It's like, we're not saying you need to over deliver or create a whole other experience. I think this is something where we could do more in this way as well, but you don't have to, it's not about that. It's more just being really clear in your communication so that your client knows what's next and what that process looks like. So really focusing on that experience. So obviously we've talked a little bit about onboarding here. What do you believe constitutes a really great onboarding experience for a client? The biggest thing is really going to be communication. This is your chance to set the tone for how the rest of the experience is going to look. And so letting them know things like how often they can expect to hear from you, when can they expect to hear from you next, how do they get the most out of all of the different components of the mastermind. So for us, We have a handbook, we have a welcome video, we have a series of welcome emails that all constitute our onboarding outside of the really practical things like invoicing and contracts and those pieces that have to happen. 
But all of that is about making sure that everybody who comes in starts on the same page, whether this is their first time in the mastermind or this is their third time in the mastermind. Everyone knows exactly how to use all of the spaces. Maybe they've never been in group coaching before. What does that look like? Maybe they've never used Voxor or in our case Slack before. What does that look like? How do they access you? What's acceptable in your community? What's not acceptable in your community? All of those things. And so figuring out how do you share that information in the best way for all of your people? And for us, like I said, it's those emails, it's that handbook, it's a recorded welcome video, it's our welcome call, which is essentially just talking through that handbook and introducing everyone to each other. Having those pieces in place means that there's no questions. We're not wasting time once you get into that actual paid container because everyone's got all of those pieces of information that they need. Exactly. And I think it's useful to know that we update, change, upgrade our onboarding constantly. So it's not a one and done process because there's different information you're sharing. So there's obviously the really practical things like invoicing, contracts. Invoicing, contracts, we do a lot of behind the scenes pieces in terms of making sure they're tagged right in our email marketing system. Do they have access to the course in Kajabi? We have an onboarding form where we're gathering more information. Like there's lots of those little pieces in addition to like, what do we actually want you to know? I love that. So yeah, so it's really important for us that we get all that information that we require. So you're right. It's like, what do we need versus what do we want you to know? And so that onboarding questionnaire is a big one for us. And as support coaches, of which Niv is one as well, like we go through all that information So yeah, that's all the information that we collect. And then on the flip side of that, it is about what do you need to know? And so I swear by our handbook and we've changed it so much over the last few years, but I created that handbook because it just to me felt like the best idea of getting all the information in one place. And again, you know, we've changed it over the years. We now have it as a Google doc, which is so great because you can update it and shift it and change it at any time. But we have that handbook and we include in it all the different components of the mastermind, exactly how you can utilize us. We share that and then we go through it on the welcome call as well. So we really focus on sharing things multiple times. And if you're somebody who runs a mastermind, it's also useful to note that you need to share those things multiple times. So we know as support coaches that the first couple of weeks, boundaries will be broken, lines will be crossed because people are learning how to use the space. So, you know, it's not about us being like, you can't talk like that or do this or what, you know, not that we ever would, but it's more like, here's the best way you can use this. Here's how this can happen. Like really directing people into how they can really truly utilize the space in a way that's going to help them to get results. That's always our focus for the first few weeks when someone's in the space is how can we just keep talking about here's the best way that you can use Slack. Here's what calls are going to look like. Here's the questions to bring onto calls. Here's the best way to approach the Kajabi portal. Like all of those things that are going to help people be really, really clear on what the experience is. that we often come back to throughout the six months within the mastermind because while we have all of these components, not every client is going to be using them all every week. And so it might be a month or two between them using our copy review process. So sometimes you've got to refer people back or just having that central document and also I think a central portal. And in our case, that's Kajabi, but somewhere that all that core information lives, 
again, when we talk about creating safety for our clients coming into a container, it's there, it's waiting for them. You can come back to it at any time. And even as coaches, we refer back to it throughout the six months. Absolutely. And there'll be times when things shift. You know, I I think when we decided that we were, it wasn't when we were upgrading to Slack, it was, we made some other change. I can't quite remember what it was, but I think it was when we could no longer use Typeform and we had to change our copy review process midway through. And we were like, do we, how do we do this halfway through? Like, do we wait? And we're like, we just need to get this done now and it's fine. We just make the change and we educate on it multiple times so that everyone's aware that it's shifted, that it's transitioned and it's all good. So there will be times when you need to do that. You know, like it's about onboarding and then it's about the journey throughout the experience of making sure that everyone's supported. And and here's the thing that we have certainly learned over the last few years Unless you ask for feedback or you ask how everyone's going or you ask how everyone's finding using Slack or whatever else, there will be things that you're not told. In fact, one thing that we ask in our onboarding now is if you have a question or you have a concern, please raise it with us because if you don't share it with us, we can't fix it. And I cannot think of anything worse and I can think of a couple of times this has happened where in a feedback form, someone said something like, I asked a question once and it wasn't answered. Now, we know how tight our systems are and something like that would be human error. And if we knew at the time that a question was unanswered, we could immediately fix it. Whereas something like that, obviously it festered and, you know, then that's left a bad taste in their mouth. Like, it's so important that, you know, you communicate these things so that we have the chance to fix it and we create opportunities for that communication to occur. So we do things like we do a, for our six month containers, we do a two month and a four month quick feedback review opportunity just to check in on everyone. We jump into the Slack channel and say, how's everyone finding Slack? You know, we'll ask questions to just really make sure that everyone's got everything that they need. And that's so important to create that continuity of support so that you don't lose people. You know, you and I are constantly having a conversation of, you know, for example, in SwiftMind where Tara's the other support coach, we're like, is everyone getting what they need? Is the participation rate high? Like if anyone misses two calls, you and I are going to be like, hey, do we need to check in on such and such? They've gone quiet. And again, these are the things that set your mastermind experience apart because not everyone is looking at things with this level of care and attention to detail. It's also one of the worst things you can do is assume that everybody knows and that everybody is comfortable. We send out an email every week to everyone in our mastermind rehashing the same information of like, this is what's on this week. They've got a Google Calendar link. They've got a Google Sheets link with the calendar with everything that's happening. And we still send out those emails and we still send out reminder emails before calls and we still check in in Slack and we still have reminders going out in Slack because the worst thing you can do is assume that everybody's got the information and then suddenly it is exactly that. Somebody waits until the end of the container. That's the only time you've asked for feedback and they tell you, you know, here's something that happened and it made me really unhappy and it could have been fixed in the moment. So we have a lot of points of like how do we check in, how do we make sure our people are supported at all times And I think part of that is also just being really, really present with everyone. We know everyone who's in the space. So you notice when somebody has gone quiet, you notice when somebody's MIA and that's very different to knowing somebody's taken a holiday. Like we know how our people are going. And to me, I think that's one of the things that makes certainly our masterminds stand out in the way that they're delivered because it's not 
a volume thing. It's not a numbers game. It is a, it's a people, it's a human to human game. We want to get to know you and support you on a really deep level. So we're naturally going to notice when something shifts for you. Totally. And it's true what you say there, because we don't actually have a process right now about, oh, is somebody not around? That's just a very intuitive thing that we do. I think we had a process for a little while, but we got rid of it because we realized we kind of just didn't need it because it was a thing that we were intuitively doing of like, just checking in on where everyone's at because we're talking about our clients amongst one another every single day. So that was a really useful thing to realize of like, okay, we have a process for like everything and there's just a couple of things that we do intuitively that we actually don't need a process around. So what do most people get wrong? I think the thing that I've seen people get really, really wrong about trying to deliver a mastermind or any sort of high-touch experience is wanting to automate everything. And I am self-confessed tech nerd. I love some automation. <laughs> I love some AI. How can we make this more efficient? And also there are just some human checkpoints that are going to exist in order to create that best client experience possible. So it's things like our weekly emails aren't automated. They are done manually by the team the week prior so that we can keep them really relevant and up to date with anything that's happening. Maybe we want to share new content. Maybe we just want to direct people in a certain way or we've got, you know, a bonus call that's happening. So we update those versus just having them happen on repeat. Even a lot of our onboarding could be a little bit more automated, but doing it manually means we have a real hands-on approach to all our clients. We get to know them really well through that onboarding process. And I think that's the thing people get wrong is that almost that quest for efficiency. I want to work less. I want to do less can be really detrimental to your client results and your client experience at the end of the day. So I was on a call this morning with some of my Millie masterminders. So for everyone listening, that's the mastermind that I'm in, Millionaire Makers. It's great. It's private mastermind um, with my coach, Lacey. And Kim, shout out to Kim. She said this quote, and I can't remember it exactly, but it was a Rich Litvin quote. And he basically said, personal touches that stop you from scaling are ultimately the things that allow you to scale most. And I just thought that, oh, that is something that I'm going to speak to so much. I can tell because it's exactly what you just said. So if you decide that everything becomes automated, you're looking at like taking a backseat approach. There is absolutely a point in which that becomes detrimental to your business. And we actually see this so much in the online space where people try and create really passive models and they lose connection with their clients or they're not creating a considered experience. And then it's not something that people want to re-sign up for or whatever else. And so it's so fascinating how it's exactly what you're saying. Like, yes, we want to save time. Yes, we want to create efficiencies. And you are probably the most efficient person. I, you are the most efficient person I know. And our number one priority in Swift Ventures, and we talk about this all the time, is having a business where we consistently have clients in the door and we have a reputation for caring about our people. And so when we're looking at like, personal touches or things that are going to enhance that experience, we're never going to get rid of all of those for the purposes of being fully automated or passive. That would be so detrimental to our business and that would just be such a mistake to make. And I think that a lot of the time, you know, we're hearing information and we're hearing feedback on how to do things and we're not being discerning about what is it that are the things that set you apart 
And so much of it is those little personal touches. It's a wider conversation at the moment, isn't it, around how important it is to be really considering what your client experience looks like and how you can show up and truly serve without the aim of always wanting to be super passive. I see where it comes from because we're sold on this idea of like make money while you sleep and therefore just automate the heck out of everything. And there's absolutely a place to automate so much of what we're doing in business. And also the difference maker is always going to be that personal touch every single time. I'm interrupting this episode for just one moment to tell you more about how you can be coached by me in 2023. Right now, I'm taking applications for my well-known mastermind program, SwiftMind. If you're a coach or consultant wanting to build a six-figure business, then this program is for you. The next round starts in March 2023 and applications are now open. Jump on over to elliswift.com forward slash SwiftMind to apply. Spots fill fast and we sell out weeks in advance every year, so don't wait elliswift.com forward slash swiftmind. What do you then think has taken us the most time to finesse? Like what would you, whether it's something that's taken the most time, it could be for you to finesse personally with the team or whether it's something bigger that we've to and fro on a lot or I don't know if there's any one thing. I mean, our onboarding process is probably where I spend a lot of my time every round, making sure that that's up to date and relevant. And we take the feedback from the most recent round. But I think the biggest thing is, and we spoke about this earlier, is we are constantly in that feedback cycle, both in terms of what do our clients need? What are they telling us they need? What are they showing us they need, but maybe aren't saying? And therefore, what changes do we want to make moving forward? And also from a team perspective, what's working for us right now behind the scenes? Do we need to make changes to the way we work as a team in order to deliver for clients? So every round of the mastermind, we've made changes. Sometimes they've been small, sometimes they've been significant. I mean, bringing in Slack and moving off Facebook was a significant change. The very first round of the Swift Marketing Mastermind had one-to-one box of support in it. Like that was a big change we made as we grew that ladder of offers but we are constantly looking for how do we make this better? And also very much from the perspective of how do we make this better for our clients? How do we make this better for our team? Not from the lens of, well, how do we just make this more expensive so we can make more money? Yes. I can think of many times where we've had the conversation of how can we make this more efficient for you? Or like, how can this support you better? Or how can it support me better? Um, which just in turn supports profits. And so I'm a business owner. Niv is also a business owner. We are always thinking about profit. You know, that's, I really don't want it to be confused that to be misconstrued in any way, because the reason we have a sustainable business, the reason, you know, Niv and I've worked together for four years is like, this is a smart business model, you know, which requires us to be always thinking about things like, well, for me in this business to be thinking about our bottom line, you know, that's obviously my job here as a CEO. I keep saying we because Niv, obviously, you know, you own an agency and you do this work as well. And so it's huge. It's never to say profit isn't the thing but it's not, or it's very, very rarely the driving thing. And I think that that's 
where I see clients who succeed really big is because they go in with the mentality of service and creating something incredible and profit naturally occurs from that place. Whereas if you start making decisions where you prioritize profit to significant detriment of client experience, you're going to be in trouble. And so we've always tried to look at it through the lens of like, how can we uphold client experience? And again, we're looking at this in different ways. So we don't serve everything but the kitchen sink in our model. You know, you don't get one-to-one with me and SwiftMind and all of those things, but we're always looking at like, is it required? Does the experience have everything it needs to get the required result? Yes, well and truly yes, amazing. Then, you know, we get to really uh, hold firm in that and really trust that. So yeah, I hope for everyone that's listening, you can really hear the nuance in all of that. So I remember us having a conversation ages ago where because obviously we're a model where it's a client model and so we work with less people overall because we usually work with like around 50 clients at any one time as clients in the masterminds and then we have programs throughout the year but we're not a large quantity model. So I've got clients, for example, you know, who might run a challenge that has 600 people through it or big programs or whatever else. Like we, I mean, we've absolutely had those things in our business, do not get me wrong, but we tend to work in smaller numbers because we go deeper as a a business model. And I remember there being a period of time there where in the sales process, things were a little bespoke sometimes with like people saying things like, can I pay half now and half later instead of doing month by month or like, I can actually pay like 60% of the mastermind now and then I'd love to just put 30% on a payment plan. Like, is that okay? And there was a period there where we were working with a lot of that and tell me if this is untrue, but I think you and I are maybe both making it a little bit wrong in that we were both trying to find ways to be like, how can we avoid this? Because it's, it's different and it's PC and all of those things. And I remember one day us having a conversation where we basically were both like, this is just our model and this actually really works. And there's no need for us to try and automate this further. I mean, we use Thrivecart and you use really smart systems and it all works, but we allow there to be an element of a bespoke nature that actually really supports our business. And it was almost just really a waste of our time for us to try and fix that. Again, it's one of those things where I think we feel like we have to have it a certain way. You're supposed to just have a link on your sales page and people buy and that's all there is to it. And if they don't like it too bad, that's their problem. This is how we want to offer it. And again, coming back to like, well, what's the problem if somebody wants to pay 50% now and put the rest on a payment plan? We're fine with that. What if somebody wants to pay in two payments? We're fine with that. We have the tools to support it. Yes, we might need to change the way we track things to make sure nobody slips through the cracks, but it's not wrong. And the worst thing we could do is turn somebody away because they want to pay us more money than we're asking them to. Like that just doesn't necessarily make sense. So it just became like, well, this is just how it is now. How can we get really efficient at creating those bespoke offers when they come up? so that it's just not a thing. And I think, again, there's so much nuance in all of this. So like Niv and I have really clear boundaries on these things. So if some, you know, I I very, very rarely will offer extended payment plans, for example, there's usually only a very specific reason for doing that. You know, so we have very clear boundaries and I've got very clear boundaries around what is acceptable and what isn't. 
And again, Niv will tell me if something's becoming a nightmare because if someone comes back to you five times in a month and wants to change that, like, no, that's not happening. That's wasting hours of team time and that's where we would put a boundary up. But we're really clear on our boundaries and we're also flexible where we can be and we aim to be flexible. I also think, you know, there's just this huge conversation in the online space, obviously around like people not like missing payments. I'm probably going to say this once and one time only, people miss payments. It is actually not that big a deal. Every single person in the online space is dealing with somebody not having enough money in their account that week and missing a payment. And our approach within the team is very clear process of reaching out, not making it wrong for the client. You know, I think we say something in our email like, we're sure that there's just an error here and we're going to try again on X date or like, you know, something where it's like not making it wrong. And because of that, we so, so, so rarely have any kind of issues. I totally agree. And I mean, there's two things at play. One, I mean, I think that process we have around what happens when payment failures is a great example of something we could automate and have chosen not to because that personal touch and also sometimes people tell us in advance. So it doesn't make sense to then send them an email sequence that's like, you've missed your payment. This is what's going to happen because we knew it was coming. Like there's nuance there. So that's why we don't automate it. But also, I mean, there's two sides to it. One, we've all missed payments, whether it's a business payment or a life payment. We've missed a bill somewhere. Things just happen. That is very much life. So not letting it be a thing, not letting it ever become a story of like, well, that client clearly doesn't want to be here because their payment failed. Almost every time it's just an error, like something has just been missed. So again, like how do we communicate that better? Like how do we make sure everyone knows what dates their payments are coming out? All of those sorts of things. But also, and the reason I want to talk to this is because I have a really great client example of somebody who was accepting payment plans that really weren't serving her because it was a really frequent, like a high frequency payment plan. So coming out weekly or biweekly and a decent volume of customers coming through the business. So when there are a lot of declines, it's really noticeable. There's a lot of notifications running through the business and both practically in terms of team time taken to solve those problems and also for her, the energetics of dealing with those and seeing those notifications meant we knew we had to make a shift and decide that weekly wasn't for us and that's okay. And again, not making it wrong and potentially for the right client, we'd still offer it as a one-off. It's just not the norm anymore. Love that example so much. So really being able to discern like, what actually works for you and isn't a problem and what do you need to tighten up? And knowing that that's where, I mean, that's where working with a coach is so great, right? Because you can be like, well, what actually is the norm here? The norm is not 100% of people hitting their payments on time, especially over a longer term membership or payment plan. Like something is going to happen in almost everyone's life over six months. That means there just might not be enough in the account on that day. I remember seeing somebody who had quite a big business and a lot of volume of clients coming through saying, I haven't had somebody miss a payment in six months and this is why. And I read it and I said to myself, you are lying. Like there is no way that is truth. Like there is absolutely no way that is true. As someone who runs any kind of payment plan, there is just no way. And I unfollowed that person because I was like, I just know that you're a liar now because that there is no world in which that's true. And 
I speak every day to many multi-seven, seven, multi-six, six-figure businesses. It's just, yeah, that's just not a reality. Okay, what do you think, and again, I don't know how you're going to answer this, but this is the last question I have for you. What do you think we do really well? There's a lot that we do really, really well. I think the thing that we do the best, and we've spoken to this so much, is centering our clients in almost every decision. And I mean, that's everything from how do we make onboarding work easier for them? So there's less clicks for them to take and less things for them to do through to how we coach and how we work as a coaching team to work with those clients. Yes, we will give you strategy and tools and advice. And also it's not a cookie cutter. You don't just rinse and repeat this process that we're doing. It's figuring out what works for you and your business. And so knowing that and managing that nuance. And again, it's taken us time as a coaching team to figure out how do we communicate best and make sure we're sharing information that's coming from different calls and different conversations. But I think that's the thing we do really, really well is that almost every day of the week, any client could ask any of us on the team a question and we've got the context behind it to be able to answer that. Yeah, I so agree with that. The other thing that I would add there is if I was looking at from a systems perspective and it's really the same thing, like you and I are just in constant communication, again, not from a this is always top of mind and therefore we can't put it to rest thing, but just we're always just riffing and playing and open to shifting and changing as any entrepreneur needs to be with like what's flowing, what's not, hey, I've got this idea. You know, you often will be like, hey, I've got this idea of like how we can upgrade this system or like there's this new tool that I think would really support with this. And, you know, that level of like us always looking to innovate the experience is just so, so great. And I think in our dynamic, in our relationship, I guess, you know, in a traditional business, you would call us like the C-suite of the organization. We're always both really open to ideas and I really appreciate that in our relationship for this business. So I like to think that if you bring me something and you're like, hey, I've been looking at this or whatever, even if I'm like not sure about it straight away, I'll always try and give it time to be like, let me have a look at this or like, let's consider it or let's play with it. And I think this is a really important thing is that we can both bring ideas to the table of like both for the mastermind and the business more generally and also go to each other really openly of like, that doesn't make sense for us right now or the timing wise that doesn't work right now. Let's stick a pin in it and we'll come back to it in six months. And we do, it goes into a sign or it's a task to follow up on in six months. And I think that level of real openness and that's across the whole team um, from our support coaches to our back of house, like that level of everyone's welcome to bring an idea to the table. Everyone's welcome to give their opinion on an idea And if it doesn't work, nobody's going to get their nose out of joint because we haven't taken it on board. It just might not be right for right now. That's what makes the team function really, really well and really transparently and really openly. And everyone has quite a degree of autonomy in their roles because of that. I think we talked about this from memory in the last podcast episode that you came on for where we spoke about how within Swift Ventures, everyone is just as important as everyone else. And that's really how we run the business. So my job is no more important than Tan's, our VA. You know, like all of our roles are just as important. We all have a role to play in making this business work and in serving our clients in different ways. And I think that that's really important. You know, if you're listening to this, obviously you're the business owner listening to this and 
it's going to be really important that you have that type of energy with your team of like, hey, we're all in this together. The minute that you start thinking that you're like the head honcho of your business is the minute your team are going to check out. I mean, it's gross behavior. Like it's not going to serve anybody and it's certainly not going to serve you. And it's also, it's just so counterintuitive in every single way because ultimately like you want every single person in your team to have a seat at the table and be able to share ideas and be able to talk and be able to innovate and and feel really safe to do all of that. And in, in your and my relationship, I do think that that is something that like we're always talking and playing. And I love that I can go to you and say, hey, I've got this idea. This might be like quite a bit of work for you. And you always look at it through the lens of what's best for our clients first. And, you know, you'll tell me if it's work because it's time in the business, whatever. And we weighed it up. Like, is that something that's going to require more time in the back end? If we change that structure of the mastermind there, like what's that going to look like? And we riffed on it and we're like, okay, it's totally going to take more of your time initially. And it's worth it because it's better for the business overall. And Niv's nodding right now. Basically, just like having those conversations about how you can always innovate and not looking to try and get to the end of being like, oh, our mastermind processes are now perfect and done and finished because that doesn't exist. I hear this a lot when people are looking to bring in support for the first time. It's like, oh, but the back end of the business is really messy. And I'm like, I run a support agency. This is what I do day in, day out. The back end of my business is incredibly messy. That doesn't mean our processes don't work. It doesn't mean our systems are falling apart. Maybe they need an update. Maybe some documentation isn't up to date. Those little things, but it's working. And so I think always having that, like, it's not carved in stone, right? Like we get to change, we get to innovate, we get to tweak and that's okay. That's actually a really good thing. It's how we've built the masterminds, all three of them to where they are now is because every single round, there's been some degree of change and innovation, iteration of the way that we deliver. Amen. Preach. I love that so much. I think that for anyone that's listening, it would actually be so useful for us to know, are there any other specific like subtopics within the things that we've spoken about today, because I, I feel like there's been so many openings of things that you've talked about where I'm like, that's a whole other podcast episode. That's a whole other podcast episode where we could just basically talk to like the whole behind the scenes of the business. For anyone that's listening, can you slide on into my DMs, LEH Swift, and just let me know if there's anything as you're listening that you're like, how do you do this part of the business? What does this part of the business look like? because we'll find a way to get that information to you, whether it's through another podcast episode or, you know, through an email or something else. That would just be so, so useful um, for us to know what behind the scenes bits and pieces you'd love for us to share with you. Is there anything that we haven't talked about, Niv? Anything you feel like you need to summarize? I think the, the biggest thing, probably comes back to what I said at the start, is that clarity on how you want to deliver is going to be the real thing that's going to set up everything else from the marketing, the launch, the sales process through to the onboarding, the delivery, the offboarding, the re-sign, all of those things. And knowing that you've got, this is the wonderful thing about masterminds is that almost too much flexibility in how you can deliver it. But that means you get to create the exact experience your clients need. And that might look very different to how we deliver our masterminds, but it's going to serve you and your business and your clients so well. That's the place to start from. Amen. 
where can we find you? Where can our peeps find you? Especially if they're listening to this, they're probably like, Niv's amazing. I need a Niv. Guess what? Good news. You can get a Niv because she has an agency. So how can we find the out about you? The best place to find us is over on Instagram at The Virtual Chapter. You can also listen to the podcast, The Virtual Chapter Podcast, where we talk behind the scenes of business all the time, all things tech and systems and team. And yeah, I would love to love to hear from you. We've had such a glow up over the last four years, haven't we? Um, But, you know, we've built this incredible, you know, we've done so much in Swift Ventures and you've gone ahead and built this insane, amazing multi-six-figure agency. So many amazing years to come. And um, thanks for being here. Thank you all for listening. We've loved it. 